0: Before we get into the message today, I want to tell you something, I love the Word of God. And my desire for you is, and one of the reasons that we're teaching on the things that we're teaching on right now is there's two disciplines that I want you to fall in love with. Number one is your relationship with the Word of God, the written Word of God. I want you to hunger and desire the Word of God like never before. And then we're talking about prayer. Matter of fact, this is week number two in our series called Keys to Powerful Prayer. And uh, so we're getting into these things and I want you to love prayer. Those two spiritual disciplines are extremely important in our lives as believers. They're key, they're foundational to our relationship with God. So I want you to have a, you know, for this year, 2024, I want you to have a deeper relationship with the written word of God and a deeper relationship with prayer in the sense of, you know, and all of it is contained in your relationship with God. So I guess what I'm saying is in 2024, I want your relationship with God to go deeper than it ever has been. I want us to look at our foundation scripture in this series that we've been using, we used last week and we wanna talk about it this week. And that is this, in James chapter five, and verse 16, James 5, 16 says this, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And here's the point that I'm wanting to get to and that is this, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The Amplified Bible of that last portion of that verse says this, the earnest heartfelt continued Prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available dynamic in its working. And then I like the passion translation for tremendous power is released through the passionate, heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. And so we're going to get into some things. And listen, I want to tell you, I'm going to pump the brakes on this just a little bit. Slow down. I'm not in a hurry with this series. If it takes us all year to talk about prayer, then so be it. Because I believe this subject is so important, and I believe that we need a greater understanding of prayer. And you know, I'm if you know me, I'm all about practical. So we'll talk about some how-to things and and get into the nitty-gritty of it as we move along in this series. But uh, there are many sources available. By the way, let me say this. I don't know everything there is to know about prayer. I don't know of a human being that does because the subject of prayer is so vast and so broad. It's as broad and vast as the Holy Spirit himself. And there's no way to fully teach on this subject because there is always more to know, And so I want you to know that going into this, that, that we're not going to exhaust the subject of prayer. And listen, there are men and women of God who know much more about prayer than I do. Matter of fact, a lot of the material that we are basing this series on comes from an awesome book by Pastor Nancy Dufresne called A Supernatural Prayer Life. A Supernatural Prayer life. I encourage you to get it. It's available on Amazon or from her ministry. You can go to Ministries.org and order it for yourself. So let's jump into this. Let's define first, and maybe I should have done this last week, but we're, we're doing it now. And that is, what is prayer? Let me give you a def- definition of prayer. This isn't maybe the only definition of prayer, but it's one that uh, I came up with out of my heart. And simply put, prayer is communicating with our Heavenly Father, the Creator of the universe. Man, what an awesome privilege that we have to be able to communicate with Him. And as we'll talk about as time goes on in this series, you know, communication is not just one way. Communication is two-way. It's us communicating with Him and then giving Him an opportunity to communicate back with us But prayer is communicating with our heavenly father, the creator of the universe, and it is making a connection. It's connecting with him in a real and powerful way. And so that is what I define as prayer. That's what I believe the scripture defines as prayer. It is really connecting with God in a very intimate and personal way and making that connection. And so if you're going to connect with God, if you're going to connect with him, then you're going to have to connect with him on his terms. And you know, we need to learn what the Bible says about prayer. We need to learn how to pray and connect with God in the manner in which he tells us to and You know, I'm sad to say, but in the body of Christ, there's a lot of erroneous belief as far as, uh, you know, prayer is concerned. We'll talk about a couple of those things in just a moment, but we're going to have to learn to pray the way God wants us to pray. You know, the Bible says in Malachi chapter three and verse six, God said, for I am the Lord, I do not change. And so your expectation cannot be that God's gonna adapt his ways to you No, the life of a believer is all about us being conformed to his image so that we can adapt and know his way of doing things and learn more about him and his character and how to respond, how to connect with him. And that's really what prayer is all about. But we're gonna have to learn how to do it God's way. Now, here's the good news. God has given us his written word And he's given us the Holy Spirit to live and dwell on the inside of us to teach us. Jesus said he would teach us those things and bring revelation to us. And so you need to open your heart right now. And listen, I want to encourage you to do something. I'm doing this myself as I study this again. And that is this. Set aside all your preconceived ideas about prayer. Uh, Maybe set aside some tradition. That uh, you know you've learned throughout your lifetime on prayer, what you kind of thought prayer was, set all that aside, and approach it with an open heart, and just say, Lord, I want you to show me and teach me about prayer as if I don't know anything about it. And uh, I promise you, if you'll do that, the Holy Spirit will reveal it to you. Now. I want to talk to you about something. Jesus made a statement one time. He said, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. And you know, those of us who are faith people, we're word of faith. You know, we believe the Bible. We believe what God says is true. And we put our whole belief system in the word of God and, and we build our faith accordingly. You know, if we're not mindful, there's some little things that can creep in And really cause us to misdirect our faith, to misappropriate or misapply, rather, our faith when we think we're in faith and we're using our faith correctly. Let me give you an example. You may have heard it said or hear it say, you know, believers say, say this, we believe in the power of prayer. Well, you know, and I've actually used that phrase in years past, I've taught on prayer and talked about, uh, you know, believing or, or, uh, having faith in the power of prayer. Well, let me tell you something. Don't put your faith in the power of prayer. Here's why we believe in the God who hears and answers prayer. We don't believe in the prayer itself. Um, You know, we don't magnify the act of praying, we magnify the God who hears and answers when we pray. You know, Pastor Nancy says this in her book. She said, If a Christian magnifies the act of praying, they will become prideful because they pray. If a Christian magnifies the act of praying, they will become works minded. Regarding prayer, they will tie their faith to how much they pray and begin measuring their success as a believer by how much they pray. But we don't pray to earn anything from God. You know, if we're not mindful, um, prayer will almost be something that can puff one up to think that you're spiritually elite, you know, that you're maybe more spiritual than other people and because you've tasted of some things of the spirit in prayer, no, 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 no. We only connect with God and and have that relationship, that aspect of our relationship with God because he instructs us to do that and he is the one that has the power, he's the one that we make the connection to. She goes on to say this, we don't study our Bible or pray to earn anything from God or to qualify to receive something from Him. You know, I had to uh, really kind of check my thinking a little bit because there's a certain amount of time that I like to spend every day praying in the Spirit. And uh, I do it as in order in that specific time frame in order to discipline myself. But I had to be careful to make sure that I wasn't doing that uh, so that I can qualify. In other words, earn the answers or something from him. Your prayer life does not earn anything from God. You don't deserve answers to your prayers because you have a strong prayer life. No, you you receive answers to your prayer because God hears your prayer and he receives your prayers prayed in faith. She goes on to say, we study our Bible and pray, get this now, so that we may know Him better and know all that He has provided for us. The understanding of this keeps us free from getting trapped into a lifestyle of works of the law, which kills the life of fellowship with Him as i said to you these are sneaky subtle little things that can creep in and and uh, i i believe i was impressed by the holy spirit to put this at the beginning of this series so you can be prepared and look out for these things prayer doesn't change things well wait a minute pastor i thought you know i've seen bumper stickers and i've heard you know maybe you say or or i've heard others say you know prayer doesn't change God, prayer changes things. No, you need to understand, God is the one that changes things. Prayer is what connects you to God. Prayer, like James 5.16 says, is what opens the door and makes the power of God available to be able to work in our lives. As we ask in faith and believe that he hears us, we are God's co-laborers. We pray in faith, but he's the one who makes changes as men respond to him. If our prayers changed things, then we, listen, then we could take the credit. And, you know, I can't help but believe that maybe that's part of what is at the root of those phrases is, you know, hey, listen, and listen, I'm going to tell you something. Prayer sometimes is work. You're going to have to do it when you don't feel like it and, you know, it's not always fun. And sometimes because of those things, we, uh, you know, we want to believe that it's our prayers that are causing some things to happen. No, listen. If our prayers change things, then we could take the credit, but it's God who changes things as men cooperate with him. Therefore, he receives all the credit and all the glory. You know, a good way to examine yourself in this area is to ask yourself the question, am I trying to receive some credit for what God is doing behind the scenes or out in the open because he's responding to prayer? Am I trying to take the credit for it? Well, check yourself and say no, all the credit and all the glory goes to God. So prayer does not change things The God who hears and answers prayer is the one who changes things when believing prayer is made. Now, prayer does play a role in in change by inviting God to move, but God is the one who changes things. You know, prayer, and when we say things like, I believe in the power of prayer, there is no power in prayer itself And as I've said, prayer is what connects you to God's power Uh, so that, you know, and listen, there are conditions that we're gonna have to meet in order for that connection to take place. Why do we need to pray? You know, listen, and going back to what I taught on last week about the sovereignty of God, you know, some people believe that God is sovereign, and uh you know that everything that happens in the world happens because it it's what god wants and god desires and god moves and and he does whatever he wants to in the earth. You know what, that absolutely is not the truth. We talked about that last week. But I like something that John Wesley, who is the founder of the Methodist Church stated, he said this, God is limited by our prayer life. It seems that he can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him. Now, you know, and this might raise the question, well, is this a correct observation by Wesley? Well, you know, we touched on these scriptures last week, Matthew 6, 8, Jesus said, for your father knows the things that you have need of before you ask him. The implication being is you still need to ask him. John 16 and verse 24, Jesus said, until now you have asked nothing in my name, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. These two scriptures tell us that God knows what we have need of before we ask, and the second one invites us to ask so that we can receive from our Heavenly Father. Someone may wonder, well, if God knows what we have need of even before we ask, then why do we need to ask? Why doesn't God give it to us automatically if He knows that we need it? Well, the answer to this is this simple phrase, and I'm going to say this to you and I'm going to repeat it a couple of times because it's just so good, and that is this. The answer to that question, let me repeat the question. Well, if God knows what we have need of, even before we ask, why do we even need to ask? Why doesn't God give it to us if he knows that we need it? Well, the answer to that question is this. Knowledge doesn't equal permission. Just because God knows that you have need of something doesn't give him permission to move in that situation. Just because he knows that someone has a need of something doesn't mean that he has their permission to move in their behalf and give them what they need. You know, you need to understand, God will never violate your will. And he will not move in your life unless you give him permission. God can't move in anyone's life uninvited. You know, think about this. We, we talked about last week how 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9 says that it's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to the knowledge of the truth. And so it's not God's will that anybody leave this earth and go over into eternity and spend an eternity in hell. That's not the will of God. But did you know what? Just because it's God's will that all men be saved doesn't mean that it automatically happens. People have to invite God and give him permission to move in their lives in order to cause the new birth to take place. You know, if it wasn't up to us to have to ask and receive the free gift of salvation, God would just move and, and have all of humanity gets saved tomorrow and we would go to heaven and spend eternity with him and you know, just bypass all of this stuff. Well, no, that's not the way God operates. God has to have the will of a man or woman surrender to him and invite him to be able to move in their lives to do anything, whether it's the new birth, whether it's healing, whether it's uh, the baptism and the Holy Spirit, it has to come at your invitation. You have to give the Lord permission to do those things in your life. We must ask and believe to receive and give him permission to bring these wonderful gifts into our lives. You know, God doesn't force anything on anyone. That's how the devil and evil spirits work, but not God. God will never force you to do anything. He will never push you to do anything. Satan and his team are the ones that force and push and coerce and try and manipulate to get people to do certain things. God will never operate that way. And he only moves where he is invited to move. So even though God knows what someone may need, they must still ask God before they will receive what they need. Yet the word assures us that when we ask, we shall receive, for God hears us when we pray. So again, to answer the question, why do we need to pray is because prayer When we make that connection with our heavenly father in faith, that is what gives him the invitation to move in our lives. And that's so very important. Now I want to touch on today, another aspect of prayer, you know, and I want you to go with me in your mind, in your memory and think about during Jesus' ministry in John, the 11th chapter, when he raised Lazarus from the dead. You know, there is no question that Jesus is and was the son of God. There was no question that he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. There was no question that he is and was the Messiah, even while he functioned in his earthly ministry. All of those things are true. But when Jesus was faced with death, when he was faced with a situation and he had to overcome death itself, the thing that he confessed And the thing he reminded himself of, now listen to this, was that he was heard by God. The thing that Jesus reminded himself of and acknowledged in his words in praise to God was that God hears his prayers. Look at John chapter 11 verses 41 and 42 Jesus had gotten to Lazarus tomb and it says, then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. So I want you to understand something. Jesus could have said, Father, I thank you that I'm anointed. I thank you that the Holy Spirit, the, the life-giving Spirit of God lives and dwells in me and on me, and I thank you that I'm the Messiah. I'm th- I thank you that I'm the one that was prophesied about in the Old Testament. I thank you that I'm the one that was born of a virgin, and, and, and so forth and so on, but no, He didn't acknowledge any of those things, although all those things were true. What he acknowledged is, Father, I thank you that you have heard me and that you always hear me. So this is an important aspect of prayer that we need to understand, and that is this. The importance or the the connection, if you will, is in not in you speaking words, but the fact that God hears your words and hears your prayers. Because when God hears your prayer, he will answer. Hebrews chapter four and verse 16 says this, let us then, and this is the Amplified Bible, let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time for every need, appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when we need it. So God has given us an invitation, a wonderful invitation for us to come fearlessly and confidently and boldly to his throne in prayer. So why would God give us this awesome, and wonderful invitation to come to him if he has no intention on hearing us when we pray. Or, you know, it's kind of like the lottery. You might hit or miss, or just depending on what you did that day, if you spend enough time reading the Bible or praying, then God might answer your prayers. No, that's not the way he works. When you're faced with a need, listen to me. When you are faced with a need, remind yourself and confess that God hears you, me, when I pray. He hears you when you talk to him. You know, that's something that we need to be reminded of because, you know, our own thinking will rob us of that or, and the devil will chime in and rob us of that too. You know, you don't think God heard you. You know what you did before you got saved. You know what you did last week. You know what you said to your spouse. You know what you did, blah, blah, blah. blah. And he just goes on and on and on. And, And one of the sole motivations of all of that is to get you to believe that even if you do pray, God really doesn't hear you. Now, why is the hearing so important? Why is it that Jesus, you know, notice this. Jesus didn't say at Lazarus 2, Father, I thank you that you always answer my prayers. That's true. But he said this, Father, I thank you that you hear me. So hearing is the key. God hearing is the key to you receiving answers. Let's look at 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. Now this, and again, this is the amplified, this is the confidence the assurance, the privilege of boldness that we have in him. We are sure that if we ask anything, make any request according to his will, in agreement with his own plan, he listens to and hears us. So stop right there. Listen, if you want God to hear and answer your prayer, the number one thing that you're going to have to do according to this verse is you're going to have to ask according to his will. Somebody says, well, how can I possibly know the will of God? You know, God is mysterious in all of his ways and his wonders to perform. I mean, he's, he's so vast and he's way out there and everything with him is a mystery. No, 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 no. A thousand times no. No, you can know what the will of God is in a given situation that you are dealing with and you need to pray about. Somebody said, well, How? Well, two things. I go back to what I said at the beginning of this message, and that is this. You have the written Word of God, which makes available to you the resource. And if you can read, you can know what the will of God is in the largest portion of whatever it is that you're dealing with. The other way is by the Holy Spirit. And they're both connected, but you know, if there are details of your life that aren't covered in the Word of God, the Holy Spirit will help you. He'll remind you. He'll, he'll reveal things to you. He'll bring insight and revelation so that you can know what the will of God is. Now, I want you to see in this verse what knowing the will of God produces. It says, this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness that we have in him, that if we ask anything in him, anything, make any request according to his will, in agreement with his own plan, he, he listens to and... He hears us. Now, verse 15 says this. And if since we positively know that he listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted us as our present possessions, the request made of him. What 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 James is telling us is this or what. First John what John the apostle John is telling us is this You can have the same confidence that Jesus did at the tomb of Lazarus when it comes time to pray about that need when it comes time to pray about that situation in your life, when it comes time to pray about healing in your life or healing in in the the life of a loved one, uh, when it comes time to pray for that financial need, when it comes time to pray, whatever it is that you need from the Lord, we can have the assurance based on what 1 John says that if we pray according to the will of God, God hears us and he answers his prayer, and that we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have the request made of him. Man, that is a key. So getting in a position where God hears you when you pray, how do you do that? Well, you pray according to the will of God. So according to the verses, we see that to be heard by God is to receive the answers to the petitions that we bring to him. Listen to this. To be heard in heaven is to be assured of the answer. I want to say that again. To be heard in heaven is to be assured of the answer. See, it's not the act of praying that grants the answers to your request. It's a hearing heavenly father. Oh, and I'm so glad that, that we have the resources, the tools available in the written word of God and in the Holy spirit so that we can pray and we can know what the will of God is and we can pray according to his will. So again, it's not the act of praying that grants the answers to your request. It's a hearing heavenly father. Therefore, We don't magnify the act of praying. We rather magnify our wonderful heavenly Father who hears us when we pray. No praying does any good except that the prayer be heard. You know, I wanna just mention this to you in closing. You know, I'm a little familiar with other religions in the world. Uh, You know, I think about Muslims who pray several times a day And, you you know, are very diligent, very faithful in that. I think about Buddhists who spend a lot of time in prayer, what they call prayer. And, uh, you know, it's a, uh, understand this, apart from a hearing God, prayer is fruitless and accomplishes nothing. Here's what I mean by that. If prayer is what got the answer, if prayer is what did the job, Man, then the Muslims ought to be getting answers to their prayers left and right. Man, we Christians ought to be amazed at how they're able to receive answers to prayer. But 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 friends, let me tell you, it is not the act of praying that gets the answers. See, they're not praying to a heavenly father who hears and answers prayer when they pray according to his will. They are diligent in prayer, but to what end? To be heard in heaven is to be assured of the answer. To be heard by God is to have the petitions that we desire of Him. So I want to end this with this one equation right here. Get this. Being heard by God equals having the answer to your prayer. Being heard by God is equal to having the answer to your prayer. Somebody says, well, how do I make sure that God hears me? Again, First John chapter five, when we pray according to the will of God. Let me give you a quick example. You know, if I need healing in my body, all I've got to do is go to the written word and I find scriptures. Oh, there's tons of scriptures, but a couple, Isaiah 53, that tells us that he was wounded for my iniquities. He was bruised for my iniquities. He was the chastisement of my peace was upon him and with his stripes, I am healed. 1 Peter 2, 24, who in his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness, and by whose stripes you were healed. And listen, I could go on and on and on, but that's two scriptures right there that tell you by Jesus' stripes you were healed. So uh, I think anybody can deduct from that that it is the will of God for me and you to be healed. So when we know that that's the will of God, and it's a fact of redemption, then all we have to do is go to our loving Heavenly Father and say, Father, thank you so much that Jesus took my infirmities, bore my sicknesses, and carried my diseases, and with his stripes I am healed. I believe that I receive my healing right now in Jesus' name, and I thank you that you've heard my prayer and healing is mine and the healing power of God has been released into my body to effect a healing and to bring about a cure. Friends, that's how you pray according to the will of God. It's exactly what you did when you got born again. You know, you got convinced that God loved you, that Jesus died on a cross for you and paid the price for your sin. And so it must be God's will for you to get saved. So when you prayed and you said, Lord Jesus... Uh, I I believe that you died for me. I believe that you were raised from the dead and I ask you to come into my heart and become my Lord and Savior. When you prayed that prayer, you were convinced that it was the will of God. And so in that convincing of the will of God, God heard you when you prayed and you were born again. That's exactly how it's done. So I'm excited about this. I want you to be able to, to make that connection with your heavenly father who loves you, who paid a great price for you, who cares about every detail in your life, who's intimately aware of everything going on in your life and wants to help you. The Bible says he's your ever present help in a time of need. And so, but we have to do it his way. We have to pray and ask according to his instructions and his plan so that we can be assured that we receive the answers that we need. I hope you receive this today. Let me pray and close the message in prayer. Father, thank you so much for the word that we've heard. Jesus said this in Mark chapter four, that the word is a seed. And I believe, Father, that the word that we've talked about today has fallen on the good grounds our friends and family of Spring Hill Church. Father, I thank you that it's fallen on the good ground of each and every heart. And Father, I believe that that seed will produce a harvest in each and every life. And Father, I again, I pray and believe that in 2024 and as we teach on these things in prayer, That your people will make a connection with you that they've never had before that their relationship the intimacy of their relationship with you will go deeper than it ever has before and so father i thank you for that now lord if there's anybody watching this video today i ask you lord that and they don't know you as their lord and savior i ask that you draw them by your spirit help me by the spirit to find them today and to bring them to you so that they can receive a relationship with you, receive the free gift of your mercy and grace and forgiveness in Jesus' name. Now, I want to give you an invitation today. If you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, I want to invite you to do that. Listen, we're not asking you to join our church. I'm not asking you to find religion. I'm not asking you... to to do anything strange like that, all I'm asking you to do is open your heart and believe that Jesus died for you, as I said just a moment ago, and paid the price for your sin. He shed his blood on the cross. He He died, he was buried, but he was resurrected from the dead. And then all you have to do is believe that and then put him on the throne of your life. Make him the Lord of your life. And as I say very often, Jesus is the one that did all the hard work. He's the one that paid the price so that you and I could simply receive what he did for us. Would you just pray a simple prayer with me? Would you say this? Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you today. I need a Savior. I need a relationship with you. And so I believe today that Jesus died for me. I believe that he shed his blood and paid the price for my sin. And I believe he was dead and buried. But I believe he was raised from the dead on the third day. And he's alive today and lives forevermore. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me in your blood. Wipe away my past and give me a brand new start. I thank you that I'm forgiven. I thank you that I'm clean. Now fill me to the full and overflowing with the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen hey if you prayed that simple prayer with me i believe you just got born again i believe you just secured your eternity in heaven but more importantly you've entered into a relationship with the creator of the universe and listen we're excited for you you know god is so good and merciful and kind and he wants you and has wanted you to be his child and so you have now entered into that relationship. And so we're excited for you, we're proud of you. And and listen, the Bible says that the angels in heaven rejoice, Jesus said, that the angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner that repents. And so you need to understand, there's some celebrating going on in heaven right now because of the decision that you made. And so I wanna encourage you, do, do me a favor, would you let me know that you prayed that prayer? I'm not gonna harass you or embarrass you, but I just I would love to know, just to encourage us to know that we're reaching people for Jesus, and that is just send me a quick email at mystory, one word, M-Y-S-T-O-R-Y, at springhill.cc, and just, it can be one sentence, and you can say, I gave my heart to Christ and prayed with Pastor Brad today. That's all you have gotta say, and we'll celebrate with you. And if you need somebody to pray with you, or you need some materials to help you, we can see about putting those into your hands. But we love you so much. We so appreciate you and are glad that you made that decision today. Thanks once again for tuning in to the Spring Hill Church Podcast. We hope that you have been blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about the church, please feel free to visit us at springhill.cc.